podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by two brand new faces to the podcast. Uh, one of them will not be a stranger to any podcast listeners, it's Tony from uh, Four Tims and a pod. How you doing? I'm very well, how are you? Getting there, get, getting over it slowly yeah, but surely. We'll, we'll get through all of our frustrations Tony in the next hour or so and Russell Boyce who also is in the podcast game, but a slightly different podcast. What's your podcast all about? Slightly different, mate. So I do uh, I do streams twice a week, um, playing the legendary game that is Championship Manager 0102. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm King Doc today, mate, yeah. I'm incredible. You know, that game, I was telling you before, I'm not even sure if you were born when I used to play that back in the 90s on the Commodore Amiga. Um, before there was even player names, it was just computer-generated names. So. Amazing. Great. I won the um. European Cup with Scunthorpe. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about uh, Celtic's 10-in-a-row um, odyssey, really. And um, are we sleeping at the wheel? Is it in jeopardy? This is the big questions that we need to ask. Now, as soon as the game finished on Saturday, we went out on a live broadcast and we've had loads and loads of feedback since then. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in but a lot of the feedback was well you know you're missing the point here this is all down to Lenny this is Lennon's fault etc I don't think we were missing the point as such but for half an hour uh, we tried to cover as much as we possibly could um, and that included a lot of the, the poor individual performances on the day um, but let's talk about Neil Lennon let's have a wee chat about mm-hmm. some of the issues that uh, we've probably been thinking and talking about all season starting with yourself Tony what's your thoughts 
uh, on this Monday morning, having had Sunday to digest everything that happened on Saturday. Well, we done our podcast last night, and I says I think we should sack him. I think and people have says, oh, it's knee-jerk. It's not, it's two, we're two and a half months into the biggest season in the club's history, I believe, and we've put in one good performance against Tibbs. I don't know what's happened. I thought at the end of last season, I thought we were excellent. I thought he turned it around, he changed the formation, really impressive. And we've come back and everybody's looked off it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Odson Edwards not a bad player. He's an outstanding talent. No really turned up. Callum McGregor's not getting used in the right position. No turned up. I mean, a couple of years ago, that guy was scoring goals left, right and centre. Um, just so many players off the boil. And that mm-hmm. performance has been coming and that result has been coming. We've, we've not performed this season. We come up against... I mean, the biggest insult, I think, is the fact that we come up against a Rangers team that didn't really do much. No. Their best player, Morelos... Ran about trying to get sent off. He didn't turn up. He was like a man doing to them. They were still so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what's going wrong, but the buck stops with the manager. It's always the manager. I don't think he... I mean, people say he's a motivator. Doesn't he look very motivating to me? Um, I, I mean, I, I said uh, get rid of him and get Eddie Howe in. I think that's the kind of appointment we should be looking for. I don't think Lennon should have got the job. Obviously, that's kind of highly debated, but... I just think we're, we're, we're sleeping, we've crashed at the wheel because we're four points behind and Rangers have walked away the tappies at Parkhead. Two and a half years ago, we left Celtic Park disappointed, we only beat them 5-0 mm-hmm. and we've just been beat 2 0 after them at Parkhead and you're going, well, could have been there and oh well, we've we kind of seen it coming. How, how can you get that far backwards in two and a half years? It's incredible. It is, particularly when you look at um, the way that we've can approach this season if you look at right let's have a look at the squad let's try and improve the squad mm-hmm. and then you you know we've been bigging up the transfer window on this podcast yep. um, and I actually stand by that because I think the personnel that have come in and I think the squad that we've actually got the collection of players we've got I think is excellent but for some reason and Tony's touched on some of the views on that some of your views for some reason it's not happening this season now this is not knee jerk because um, as you say, the performances haven't been there. Even when we've been winning a lot of the games, the performances haven't been right. What's your take on uh, the reaction of the Celtic fans? Because we're constantly told, and sometimes it just becomes platitudinous, like, keep the faith. All right, yep. keep the faith. And then, as you say, you're asleep at the wheel and, and we don't win the league. You know, drastic action. A lot of people are calling for drastic action. Um, I'm, I'm going to be critical when I go through the game. Of, mm-hmm. of Neil Lennon as it was after the Ferenc Varos game people might say oh, you're, only, you're only critical when we get beat I think I'm critical every time we have a bad performance yep. um, but more people tune in and more people get involved uh, when mm-hmm. we get beat and that's understandable as well what's your take on the current situation is it a good idea to make a change so early in the season? I'd be reluctant to, to, to sack the manager at this stage of the season I just think it leaves us more uncertainty um, but what I would say is, and what really, really worries me is, I don't feel that anyone was particularly surprised at full time mm. that that result occurred and that performance happened. I, I, I certainly, well, I can speak for myself, I definitely wasn't. And the views that I've had of a lot of other fans have been that they weren't that surprised. We felt that we'd seen this coming. So as much as we're sleeping behind the wheel, it's almost worse if we're aware that we're in decline and nothing, nothing's getting done about it. Whether that means getting rid of the manager or not, it's too, a step too far, I don't know. Um, but I, I definitely am concerned that we all seem to, you know, we almost expect it. I wasn't in shock that that performance mm-hmm. came in. Um, and I don't think this season, like Tony says, I don't think this season we've, we've been playing well at all. And Rangers did not play out of second gear. No. They were not out of second gear. And that is a real cause for concern. And like I said to you all fair, I mean, 
my worry is if we're not surprised that the results happened, tell me the players weren't seeing this coming as well. Because there was real apathy out there. There well, was real apathy. This is the frustration. Uh, before we came on, we were talking about, for example, the, the difference between... And this goes back to me mentioning the fact that I rate the squad, I rate the players we've got. Yep. Scott Arfield, Olivier Encham. Who's the best player? Well, we all know who's the best player technically, right? You look at that game on Saturday. Arfield comes off the park. I don't rate him as a footballer. He's a journeyman. He comes off the park. He's in the winning team, by the way. He's played better than Encham. Yep. He's dripping with sweat. You know, and then you look at Encham, he, he strolls off that park with hardly a bead of sweat on his brow. And I rate him highly and I stand up for him. And before the game, they predicted 11. Encham's in my 11. Yep. So, you know, I'm now looking at the, the situation. I'm looking at changes. I, I tend to agree with yourself. I think the wheels would come off um, if, if we were to make as drastic a change as, yep. as the gaffer. But there's changes in personnel that perhaps Neil Lennon's been, maybe been too loyal to certain players and it needs to change. You're looking at um, this season, so when we look at the performances, we've seen it coming, like you're saying, Tony, a draw at Rugby Park, which was woeful. It was woeful that day. We've scraped past Dundee United, St Mirren, Riga, St Johnson and Sarajevo. Uh, the 3-2-1 at Livingston, you know, it could have ended up as a 3-3. You know, actually, when you look at that missed header at the end. And uh, convincing wins, I say convincing wins, not brilliant performances against Hamilton, Reykjavik, Motherwell, Ross County and Hibs. The only one I'm really happy with is probably the Hibs. Yep. Uh, the Hibs game Motherwell we only got the result there because he actually changed it at half time and started playing with our striker up front um, so we did see um, that the signs were there but then on Friday night and this takes me on to my next point I'm concerned at things beyond the football at, at the moment and I think that we're looking at a situation we're going for 10 in a row but it's almost like a self implosion mm-hmm. you know pop will eat itself it's almost like we're doing our own damage and, and you can go right back and I was just looking at some of these points before we came on um, Neil Lennon comes out after the game and says that somebody within the club is doing us in and he's talking about the leaked team now yep. before I get into this I'm aware that the, the team was read out on this podcast on Friday night I'm only aware of it now because it happened I wasn't aware it was going to happen I don't know where it came from so I want to put that out there because all weekend obviously people have been raising the question had we won the game it probably wouldn't have got a whimper but we were awful and we didn't win the game so people are wondering where did that team come from? I have no clue. A Celtic state of mind doesn't have a clue. Uh, but yeah, a guest did read out a team and it was the right team. And I think at that time, I actually said, if Welsh plays tomorrow, I'll be my arse and sort it off. That's how confident I was that it wasn't the right team. It was the right team. But if we go right back to January 2018, we're going for seven in a row and then Bellies off to Brighton. You know, that was mm-hmm. the, the rumour around about yep. that time and Brighton did want to sell him. So our best asset, you know, possibly going to the, the English League. And that was a sign of things to come. We're going for eight in a row in September of the same year, and it's Rogers to China. And we know that that's a fact. That yep. was actually happening in the background, and he tries to take Dembele with him. He promises Dembele the world. Now, just before that, you've got the, the famous or infamous Terminado interview with Rogers, all about Celtic's ambition. We miss out on John McGinn. We miss out on Timothy Castagne. And then by the January, Rogers is Ofsky. So this is us going for the eight. Lennon comes in, much to uh, the chagrin of a lot of Celtic fans who are very happy that he comes in. June 2019, and we're going for the nine. The transfer window, all the transfer targets are leaked. Remember the infamous transfer leak? It was a garbage list as well. I know, and now the leaks are there. The leaks are there if you go right back to June 2019. They're saying it's the same person. July 2019, Encham's in the French press saying that he wants to leave the Mm -hmm. club. 
This is us going for nine in a row. Ten in a row, ball and goalie with the COVID um, scenario. And then, again, the leaked team. So it's almost as if we're continually shooting ourselves in the foot here. For the last three seasons, we've been trying our best not to win the league. We've done it in spite of a lot of bad Mm -hmm. uh, performances. We've done it because we didn't really have that challenge. Last season, we had a challenge up to December. See the difference this season? We've actually got a challenge. We've got a team out there, and you can say what you like about the personnel. We've got a team out there who know how to beat Celtic for a start a management team and, and uh, the players. And we've actually got a, a real challenge on our hands now. We're now four points behind. People think we're one point behind because we've got a game in hand. Really? Yeah, Is that I how can't it works? Think like that, no. So we're four points behind. Changes need to be made, certainly in the personnel for Thursday night, I would suggest. And they will, because we have a couple of players back. I think mm-hmm. Ryan Christie was a massive, massive loss, a massive miss. Um, so when I'm looking at Tony, I'm now concerned that, going back to a point that was made on an earlier podcast, Celtic will beat Celtic this season. I think that's been the cliche. The only team that can beat Celtic is Celtic. And we're putting up some challenge, I think we're doing it. I mean, <laughs> for, for that point of view, I think Celtic are putting some challenge up to Celtic. We seem to do this thing where we get into a position of strength. There's this big self-destruct button and we start rattling it. And it's mental. It's crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, to be in such a good, promising position after winning nine in a row, everything's positive, back to the transfer window. And then... You're, you're talking about we might not win the league I think a lot of our fans as well are determined to shoot down the Huns at any opportunity and cut out with Sevco and they're a new club they're going to go bust again it's time to scrap that and just focus on ourselves <laughs> and look at they, they played us after part they beat us very easily they, they're no scared of us anymore I mean that guy James Tavenier their captain we've tortured that guy he's been parts of 5-0s 5-1s 4-0s a lot yep you seen him walking off the park laughing with Gerard after they beat us. I mean, what a switch. Gerard's made them better, whether people like it or no. And I know he blew up last year, but, but one of my mates in the podcast says, there's no Dubai this year. There's no big trip away to make an ass of it. It's just the football. Um, I think we need to wake up quickly. Um, I think some of our fans are just blind and just can't see that we're just no at it. Mm-hmm. You made a point about Lennon. We get beat come out against them all you be a fan and virus or oh, there's loads of players here that what don't want to be here who did we sell? exactly nobody yeah. we so, so apparently now we've got a mole and we've got loads of players that don't want to be there and we've done nothing about it I think it's just a deflection tactic mm-hmm. we were garbage we didn't turn up there was no fight in the team there was no tactics I said on our preview podcast had to move the ball quick and all we done was pass for Ayer to Duffy back to Ayer back to Duffy who whipped the ball a play or gave it to Alan McGregor no style of play no and I say they didn't do it well, but you can see that they've got a style of play where they just bomb forward. They just they move the ball quicker than us. A couple of one twos, ball into the box, ball into the box, and they do that until they get success. They get two goals for two crosses. So I didn't know what your original question was. I'm just found myself <laughs> ratting now. I think that was always going to happen. The, th- the thing, the points you made there about the mole, mm-hmm. and also the fact that Neil Lennon came out after the Ferenc Varos game like you quite rightly said and said that there are players who have been pushing for moves who don't want to be there now if that is the case and we have I don't know how many players because as I say we are not the mole we don't know where that information comes from if there's also a mole in that dressing room that concerns me that concerns me a great deal for the rest of the season we're we're still playing for five trophies this season and the league is a priority 100% 100% now we'll look ahead to Thursday night of course we will it's a, a great glamour tie at Celtic Park unfortunately we won't be there against AC Milan but 
you know, when you're looking at that league, I, for the first time in 10 years, I'm now looking at that and thinking, I'm not convinced we're going to win this. Absolutely. What I do totally you, understand. What do you do if, if you're Neil Lennon, you've got a mole in the camp and you've got players who don't want to play for you? His words. I know. My, my concern as well is the fact that when he said about the, the players not wanting to be there, Celtic get a lot of criticism for being good at selling players. <laughs> too, selling players too easily. Wanting to sell players as opposed to even the player putting in a request to leave. Now, surely if there's guys not wanting to be there, we're well drilled in that market, have plenty of contacts down south where we can get them off the boots because that performance there as well on Saturday, it kind of all ties up, really. I mean, it does look like there's players who maybe don't want to be there or maybe are there, but they're quite... It's just out of convenience. Mm -hmm. There's no drive. And uh, like I said to you as well before we went on here, a lot of those Rangers players, whilst they might be journeymen or whatever, they're at the biggest club they'll ever play for. If you know what I mean, because they are... You know, whereas a lot of Celtic players have either came from a bigger club or a bigger league or have been already sold the move to Celtic on the back of being told, this is a stepping stone, by the way, you'll be in the shop window, you'll get a move elsewhere. So where's their urgency when on the pitch? Whereas the, the other guys, you look at Goldson, he's not going to go back down to the Premier League. He's at, his biggest trophy you'll win will be the SPL. And I thought that showed... He's got more hunger there to be there. I feel I'm concerned, and I really hope that the pitch to bring in players these days isn't that. Come here for a couple of years, you'll smash it in Scotland, you'll get Champions League football, perhaps, and then you'll get a bigger move out mm. there. Where's their drive then on that Saturday morning to play in the old firm? I think you're right, and I, I do think that's. Oh, you just said old firm. Comments will be gone, man. Oh, 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 I just removed that. Oh, my day, my debut. Oh my, oh, you have a podcast game. You can't see that. And again, it's not as bad as leaking the team. I've got to say, um, but when you're looking at the platform, Celtic have used the club as a platform, as a selling point yep. to players like Dembele, Eduard. We know this. We know this, right? Whether or not it was discussed with you know as far back as Van Dyke, I'm not too sure. But it certainly is with Dembele. He knew that he was in. It was one of the reasons he came. Let's be honest. It's one of the reasons he came. Well, there's the a famous it. quote though with Lenny apparently with Van Dyke where he'd said, "Enjoy it while you're here, son. You'll not be here for long." That's <laughs> like that's what he said to him, apparently the first week of training. I think you're right. You made the point earlier there about you know the amount of people who make a a, a career out of writing blogs about Castori and. Uh, you know the troubles I, over I, there. I, I can't stand we it. We need I, to look after what yeah. we're doing. We need to I, look after our own backyard. I find it just utterly mystifying. I couldn't care less about Rangers who Rangers kits are. I don't care who's in charge of them. I don't care about five-way agreements. I don't care about Resolution Twelve. I know guys have proud done a lot of work to this. I think we really need to just that these things are done. Need to go over it and need to. Focus on Celtic. It's all about Celtic and winning ten in a row. If we win ten in a row, all that stuff only matter. Who cares? Well, Rangers will be done if we win ten in a row. Then we kick on for a position of strength again. I think. I. I mean, blogs about just nonsense, just garbage. And I, I know people buy in. I seen a thing in Facebook. At least we Morelos did they score against us. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I would rather Morelos scored a hat-trick and we won 4-3. Absolutely. It's, it's, Absolutely. it's irrelevant. I think the main thing is always Celtic. And um, at the minute, it's just no button. Um, Lennon, I mean, I don't think he's going to get the sack. I've heard for a few people it's not even in the table. I think it's pie in the sky, but you're still able to speculate. I think he really, he's got a lot, he's, as much as this is a tough run of fixtures, this is a great time to get it right. Beat AC Milan, 
which I, I think is going to be a tough ask. But what a boost that gives everybody. Mm-hmm. If you go toe-to-toe with a team that's top of Serie A, great form. So he's got the opportunity. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hard games are games to show. Look, this is what we're made of. We, we are in here for use as a game brigade banner, who I'm sure we'll touch on. I feel sorry for the guys. The effort they put in. Mm-hmm. Then get out with that shape performance, I felt terrible for them. Um, so I think he's, as much as a tough run of game, they're winnable fixtures. That mm-hmm. team's not a shite team. It's a good team that's not getting coached properly and he needs to work it out very quickly because as much as I'm saying they're all winnable, a lot of them are losable. Mm-hmm. So well, I think no, that has to be rock bottom. Saturday has to be rock bottom. I think I would hope the day or yesterday they've had a big meeting cleared the air about everything there was a moment when Rogers was there as well he used to always get sent a text for somebody oh mm-hmm. this is a team and then sure as hell the team would get ready to do it so I think that's been there for ages I don't know if it's really that big a deal because Gerard could probably second guess what the team's going to be maybe know that one because well started but I, th- I, I, I think I think we should just concentrate on the team itself yeah. and actually winning the games but I, I can't believe we're two and a half months into the ten in a row season. We're t- talking about kind of potentially sacking the manager yeah. and everything's going to pot. I mean, it's just that big self-destruct button, and we just can't wait to hit it. And I'm really aware of that. I really am, especially mm-hmm. on the podcast, because you go out live. It's recorded as a podcast, and it goes out on all the different platforms. And everything you say can be looked back on and analysed. And you can be, you know, you're putting your neck on the chopping block if you if you say something like sack Lenny, because in five games' time, if he wins all five of them. They come back and say you're a balloon. Yep. That's what happens yep. all the time in here, you mm-hmm. know. And but you're prepared to do it, Tony. That's why you have a podcast. You're prepared to put your neck on the line. And we're only saying that because we actually want to figure out what is the issue here and how can we overcome it. Because ten in a row is such a a big thing for so many of us. And with regards to that achievement, as you say, once you get to the ten, and we've spoken about this on the podcast, there might then be a review of where we are and how we can push on to another level. Because what comes after the 10? Do you then go for the 11 and, and then mm-hmm. the 12? And by which time there's a different challenge from a different manager. So we need to, and I think the bit, the key is we need to look after number one, which is Celtic. We go on about it, it's all about Celtic. Well, it needs to be all mm-hmm. about Celtic. The Green Brigade banners that went out, um, again, 
I think they were actually looking towards the fact that we had been playing really poorly this season. I think there was a message in the banners. Looking yes. back now, it seems clear to me now. I think I thought the banners were excellent. And I mean, up to Lennox Town early morning, he put in the effort. Posters all over the city. And now look, the Rangers official Twitter ripped the piss at it and put a picture of Shane Duffy lying in the flare after Goldson scored and put, put that in a picture. This is a mob we beat 5 1 at home, 5 1 away, mm. 5 0 to win the league. We used to talk to this mob and now they're, they're ripping the piss shooters on Twitter. How far back do we need to go before people say, oh, wait a minute, there's an issue here? I mean, I, I think that. It's so embarrassing. And that's what I say is I feel sorry for these guys. They put in ridiculous effort, turn up at the stadium, big banners. Um, these guys, when we're in the stadium, make outstanding noise, their displays are second to none. And then, I, I don't know about the players and the management, you see that, I would be desperate to go and get fired right in mm-hmm. and try and win that game, put effort, press the ball, get nothing back. No. They weren't in there for us. That, that's it. They, just, they weren't there at all. What was your, your views on Scott Brown? On Saturday, how did the captain play? I think that I think there's an ongoing soap opera beginning with him and Morelos, and I felt that both of them are too distracted by the other. Mm-hmm. If I'm being totally honest here, um, and I think Scott Brown is so important in these games. He's been he's been over the course. He's you know he was a serial winner, mm-hmm. um, and then again. I'd hate the argument that his legs have gone. I find it really lazy. Like I find it a lazy argument. I think you know you only need to look at you know how players look after their, themselves these days. And since Brendan Rodgers came in, I mean Brown really did turn into a, a proper professional footballer. Yeah. I think there's also that famous photo of him outside the chip shop. And then since then he became proper professional, you know, an athlete, and he's a specimen. And I don't believe that it's because his legs have gone. But I felt there was. I felt it, I do still think there's a distraction on when those two are in the same pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think actually. You know, if someone's gloating about Morelos not scoring, that's because, like you said, Morelos spent the whole game trying to get sent off. You know what I mean? And 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 Brown, I think, is distracted by that. Um, and you know, I thought, I thought when you were talking about Arfield earlier, you know, it, it came off sweat coming off. I mean, it might be a journeyman player, but I think he he seems to be in those games. He plays above himself. Scott Brown didn't play above himself at all on Saturday. He played within within his abilities. That and that, that's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of criticism about Brown's performance, Tony. And um, again, I'm reluctant to, to use the old adage of, mm. of uh, the legs are gone and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I was disappointed with his performance, the, a captain's performance in a game like that. I don't think he was the worst player on the pitch for me. Um, I think you've, you've got leaders on the pitch. McGregor's a leader. Mm-hmm. Shane Duffy's a captain of his national team. He's a leader. I thought Scott Brown was, was okay. My biggest disappointment was Frimpong. Yeah. Devastated with how he played because I'd bigged him up. I couldn't wait for him to run at a half fit Barisic, didn't take anybody on. But just to get back to Brown, I think it has become a, a thing where people are desperate for him to make an asset so they can go and needs to be dropped. I, th- I think he should be coming out the team a bit more because we're going to need to get used to him no playing. I mean, he's 35 years of age, he is coming to the end of his career. That's kind of dispute that. I don't think he was he was overly bad, but I think um, in Cham didn't he really do much. No. I mean, a good team is always going to beat better individuals, and that's what it looked like. We've got an individuals who are better, but we're not playing as a team. They're a unit. They're a structured unit who are well drilled, well coached, and that's always going to win because it's a fucking team game. So, I think he was left up against the likes of Clamara. Eh, was it Kamara? He had a good game. Mm-hmm. 
Arfield Davis pushed it, he walked it. I just don't, there's an issue, the midfield's just no balanced. And um, But again, I mean, I think any player with half a brain cell could have got Morelos sent off. Morelos was desperate to get sent off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he slapped Brown the head, I'm sure he could have got sent for that. Um, but I just, I don't know if he's distracted by Morelos, I would, I would fucking hope no, because <laughs> if he's getting distracted by him, I'm in trouble. But, um, no, I, th- I thought he was he was okay, but again, he, he could have played better. I could everybody in that pitch. I think as well. See, when they're not playing up to their level as well, what are you looking for from the side? What is Neil Lennon's best attribute? Man management, or supposed in motivation, like motivating players. He was sat, the legs crossed, the body language. That whole body language to me does not inspire when you're looking at Dougie. You've not got sixty thousand fans there like you touched on, right? Mm-hmm. So what, who's the who's the voice at the side that you need to pick you up? And I just felt like I've seen it a couple of times this season. That whole, you know, the body language, yeah. the arms folded, and you think, is that really going to get these guys raising their game when they they'll know themselves it's not going well? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They know that. So that's when you need your fans. If there's no fans there, that's when his his job becomes all the more important. Do you know what I mean? You remember the the game Ibrox with the beaters one 0 uh, again. Morelos was uh, part of the. The uh, shenanigans that day, part of the drama because he got away is that with murder. Rogers' last game is against them. It was, and they, talking about body language. Remember Rogers when we were one nothing down, and he wasn't animated, yep. and he wasn't communicating, and he was just sitting there taking it. And you remember watching um, his body language that day, thinking something's changed there. Yep. And so, so it, it came to to pass that something had changed because he was uh, engineering a move at the club. I don't think that's the case with Lenny, but no. I, I am concerned sometimes when I look over there because that is what you're looking at. You're looking for quite a few things for Neil Lennon. And I think the two biggest games of this season, he's got it wrong. Uh, Ferenc Varos and Rangers. Now, people go on, and Jim Moore made a brilliant point last week actually about, well, I think he picked the right team against Fer- Ferenc Varos. Um, however, I, I disagree with that, and I think that when you've got four strikers, um, and at that time we certainly anybody who's on the bench is fit enough and you're going to speak to us about match fitness in just a few moments as well but I think the lineup was wrong as was the, the formation and the shape there was no penetration uh, it was slow paced which was my biggest issue but um, maybe even worse than that was his inability to react to that so when you're looking at the substitutes Roger and Griff come on at 67 minutes we're 2-0 down Ayeti comes on at 56 minutes we're 2-0 down Turnbull and Taylor come on Strangely, at 84 minutes when we're 2 nothing done. And I just think that that's one of his biggest failures is to be able to actually see this isn't working. The game after Ferenc Varos, he lined up with the same lineup, didn't he, against Motherwell. Yeah. At half time, it's nothing each. And we're still bad. That's kind of been airbrushed out of the books because mm-hmm. we had a good second half performance. But he changed it at half time, which isn't his normal MO. So I, I'm disappointed massively in a lot of the things that are happening with, with individual players but I'm disappointed with Neil Lennon and I don't think he had a plan B I don't think he had a contingency if you start with three centre-halves there yeah we can put higher at right back if necessary we can bring on Taylor but not in the 84th minute to change the shape of it because it wasn't working none of these things were done now how, how concerning is that if you don't have a plan B? What's that? I mean that guy Warburton he used to get slated for that when he was at Rangers didn't have a plan B but you're seeing there, Greg Taylor and Turnbull coming on with six minutes to go. That's just kind of, that's just got like that. Picking up two names and got a on his go. Um, 
He made the sub right after Goldson made it 2-0. Why not make that sub at half-time? Mm-hmm. What difference is 10 minutes went apart from the defence has made an asset again? Why was a Jenny mm-hmm. no on right away and go, let's have a go, then push them back so they don't go up the pitch to get the second goal? I mean, he's not proactive at all. There's no proactive decisions. It's just reacting if things going worse and just going off fire a striker on. Um it's, it's slower than reactive though. It's even slower than that. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's garbage. It's, it's mince. I mean, that performance. It's, it's just quite incredible. That was a, a derby game in the ten in a row season. I mean, if that was Ronnie Dyler, for example, mm-hmm. Ronnie Dyler wouldn't be at the club anymore. No. If Ronnie Dyler lost defending Varos and then lost to Rangers, we in the space of two months. He wouldn't be at the club. It's as simple as that. Chris Sutton wouldn't be saying that that was Rangers at Celtic's reserves. Alan Thompson wouldn't be saying he's doing the best his ability. I would hope Ronnie Dyler's agent wouldn't be in Twitter arguing with fans about tactics. I mean, it's amateur hour, all this stuff. So I think I think the blame lies with the manager. I'm disappointed in him. I don't know how he's went for having it so well sussed last season. He just blown up. It's not acceptable at all. And I think that this season the fans are ploughing in hundreds of pounds yeah. to watching this past to paradise, which is a minute behind real time. Why? Don't know why. You could check your bet naps or your flash scores and they'll tell you the Celtic score quicker. I was being tweeted to score against Ferenc Varos, sitting watching it here. Oof. And I was getting tweeted when, when they scored the second goal. I mean, past to pish, I call it. It's garbage. Um, Link's not working. Mm-hmm. The fans are piling in money. I mean, I'm sure the kits and the new Adidas gear, the fans went crazy for all that. And we're just not getting anything back. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't, how can you not be motivated for this season? How can you not be motivated to play for this club? Absolutely. It, I totally agree with you. Uh, now, it's symbolic. Before we go on to some of the comments, because we do get a lot of comments coming in, and a lot of them, we realise, aren't from Celtic fans. Because, uh, <laughs> a lot of Rangers fans seem to... Uh, um, spend a Saturday night watching Celtic podcasts on YouTube, which I find actually absolutely amusing uh, more than anything else. A wee bit sad um, because I wasn't watching any Celtic podcast on Saturday night. I can tell you that. So uh, we do get loads coming through on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about match fitness. Let's talk about uh, being able to throw in Stephen Welsh in a game like Saturday's, but not being able to play the likes of a Yeti or Rogic or Griffiths. What's your thoughts on it? I find it bizarre. I don't understand. I mean, to be perfectly honest as well, I didn't think Welsh or Laxal were were two worst players Mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, which contradicts all this Welsh Welsh fitness stuff even more. Welsh played well. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I thought I thought I thought it could have potentially been really damaging to that young guy if he made a mistake Mm -hmm. and we lost one 0 because of him. I thought it was really poor management to throw him in. There's no need for that at all. Don't get me wrong, he's probably delighted to get thrown in, but I thought it could have been really damaging. Just to touch on your point about Rangers fans watching, see if I was, it was the other way about, or can I be tuned in to whoever it is, the Rangers <laughs> phone in. They're well entitled to have a laugh at us, because we've been laughing at them for fucking, for 10 years. Listen, I don't mind. I, yeah. I expect it. What I don't expect to, uh, is for Celtic fans to accuse me of wearing a wig. You know, that, that was the biggest uh, turn up for the books for me on Saturday. That's when I knew things were going to pot. Um, I even admitted I wasn't a Catholic to the guy. Have you seen the guy that's selling the him, the him CD? Oh, I've seen I've seen a few photos of that. Right, yeah. So I've been bigging up his CD, and then I finally admitted I'm not even a Catholic. So I'd, I'd full of bevy and uh, just losing the plot. So I did it all went to pot on Saturday, but I did see that you get accused of wearing a black. Is it a wig? Aye. Is it a wig? Of course it is. Aye. At my age, you, you've got to use all the assistance you can get. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, so I match fitness. What does it mean? What What does it mean? I don't understand if that, that Welsh boy's played one professional game before ever and can be pitched into this game, okay, 
and uh, you've got a Yeti who I don't seems to be one step forward and two steps back with his fitness. I don't know if there's a niggling injury there or not. I could be wrong, but he he seemed to take an eternity to get get up to match sharpness. Griffiths must have been on Donna Calzoni's over the summer because honestly, how long could it possibly take to get this boy up to speed? And yet, then funnily enough, when he comes on, plays with more energy and urgency than the other ten players put together. Mm-hmm. So if he can play like that for the for the last twenty odd minutes he came on for. Would you not have started with that? And even if he comes on at half-time and says, I'm bust, I've not got it. You, that first 45 minutes, we can then set the tone of the game. And we didn't... You know, I don't understand this match fitness thing. It's been going on. Pat, Patrick Clamalla came back getting called the tank. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he start against Ferenc Varos, though? Now, is that really match fitness or do you not fancy him? But if you don't fancy him, how then does he start in the Glasgow Derby? <laughs> oh, you're right. It's a total so, contradiction. It's a conundrum, eh? It is. So, so just to, to touch on that, just about the kind of respect people have for the manager. Griffiths doesn't come back fit. Ball and goalie does that. Yeah. In the middle of the most important season, what kind of respect is that to, mm. to the club and the management? What do they think of Lennon if they think that's acceptable behaviour? Have you any concerns about Julien and the fact he was absent? I had him in my, my starting eleven. I was concerned that he's coming back, perhaps not match fit <laughs> after his back injury, but then he disappears from the twenty. I don't really know what's happened. He's been pissed this season, uh, unfortunately, but I think he's a good player. He'd done well for his last season. He, he definitely kind of turned up for his price tag. A lot of money spent on him, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you believe, Len, to be honest, because he says he's injured, but this is the same guy who says all oh, these players want to win. Didn't they sell it? And I, I don't know what you believe. It just, it just yep. I hope it's a lot of shite coming out of Celtic. It's, it's hard to decipher what was the truth. He might just be having an injury and he might be back for. For AC Milan, or we might not see him for ages. It's, mm-hmm. it's very strange. You don't know what's going to happen. I know, and, and you know the big thing as well. There's a big uh, pile of sheets in front of you with all the stats and formations and everything else in relation to Neil Lennon as a manager against Gerard, how Gerard done against uh, Rogers, and it's all there. It's all there to see. And all we're hearing at the moment is that Gerard is the monkey on Lenny's back. Yep. Uh, Lenny can't shake that off. He certainly hasn't done it in the last three games. Does it come down to the shape? I mean, we started with three at the back. It certainly didn't work. I mean, our three centre-and-halves got more touches of the ball than anybody else, but produced very, very little. How do you actually shape up against this Rangers side under Gerrard? Well, I've just seen your thing there in these three wins. He's played a, a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. Shape up like that. The best performance was the 2 0 at Ibert. Yeah. But we let them come at us and we hit them in the break and we were excellent. We, we cantered it. They didn't really create it. We could have won by more. I mean, the big arguments, a lot of people look... In the last three games where Rangers should have won or three we get very lucky yep. in the cup final see if you take the six games I think Gerrard's outdone them in five the first game the 2-1 we beat them with ten men mm-hmm. they outplayed us with ten men Ryan Jack had a chance to make it 2-1 should have taken it didn't they? we beat them 2-1 got away with it 2-0 at Ibrooks they Kate walked it 2-0 we beat them at Ibrooks that's the one game we've been better the cup final was unbelievable what, mm-hmm. a, what a result but we were garbage yeah. 2-1 at Parkhead they were the better team. I thought they deserved to win. 2-0 there. They deserved to win. I think Gerrard's got his number. And I don't think Gerrard's an outstanding coach. When you look at Jack Ross, knew how to work out Gerrard. Drop points with Livy, they knew how to work him out. Hamilton beat him at home last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not getting outsmarted by Guardiola and Mourinho. I mean, these guys are the geniuses, but it's quite easy to see how they play. I think I think he's probably a big G-up manager as well. Gets them up for it. They pile pressure on. But... 
we need to change how we play against them. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure probably people in your comments were missing so many players. I don't think it would have made much difference the way we're playing. Because Edward's played in games and we've been garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, Christie's played in games where we've been garbage. So it's, I, I think that's a cop-out. I think you're getting a manager just a, a way out. Um, and I know people are determined to do that because they just kind of see past them. But he needs to figure out how to beat Gerard soon because if you look at the two teams, they're, they're streets ahead of everybody in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It may well come down to these four games. We've already lost one at Parkhead. So now you've got two men at Ibrooks, and they may be... This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Going to fans back for that? Is that going to have an effect? Have you only going to have one with fans? You don't know, it's difficult yeah. to say with the pandemic. But I think he needs to figure it out quick because there's a chance that both teams beat everybody else. Mm-hmm. For the majority of the season, and if you're coming to the end of the season, you've lost three of their games and you lose the point, uh, the league by three points. You're going, well, that was because we couldn't figure out how to beat an okay Rangers side. An okay side. And, and the thing is, as well, like you're saying, they've actually got that consistency. I know that they've dropped points at Livy and, and against Hibs, but they've got that consistency, haven't they? And, you know, when I'm looking at the, the Celtic side, is this the beginning of us kicking on? You know, as the result at Celtic Park was mm-hmm. last season. Is this the beginning? Is this something that we can regroup? Because a lot of the things we we're talking about, moles in the camp, players unhappy. Uh, there's been suggestions of several players being unhappy by Lenny himself. <laughs> you know, is that something we can turn around? Because, I mean, the game's come thick and fast at Celtic Park and we've got AC Milan on Thursday night. Now, those stats will tell you again that the 2 nothing game at Ibrox, where they did, they beat us well. They beat yeah. us well that day. We had three at the back. Now, we played three at the back on Saturday. The same thing happened. They beat as well, 2-0. Mm. Do we change that for Thursday night? I know it's a different game. It's a different team we're playing against, but I think, like you said, it could be the perfect springboard the Milan game. I mean, that is that to me is a game where if we can get the players regrouped, refocused, just like he did after the January the January window last season, if he can get them regrouped, refocused, get a decent strategy out there, and we play to our best, if we were to get a result against Milan... That could then lead on to you know a huge improvement because right now things can only get better. <laughs> it could be the catalyst, mm-hmm. but they play devil's advocate. If you get battered, which is possible, they'll be able to play. 
it goes the other way and it's further into this kind of you're only one game away for a crisis at Celtic Park as everybody knows so but I think if you're trying to be positive and I think that's probably some of your comments are probably saying say something positive gives a bit of hope <laughs> um, I think we can if we play our best we can probably beat AC Milan I think we're a good team I think we've got great individual players but it's just not working it's up to the manager I know you were saying about last season he turned it around he had three weeks he had a big oh, change in Dubai he's got four days to turn it around <laughs> and turn up it. his next game after that was Kilmarnock I think or a cup game this is AC Milan after four days if he turns it around and then we beat AC Milan dead comfortably he'd be gone well, what happened on Saturday so I think he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't but I think um, we, we need to a performance see if we can beat 2-1 against Milan and we play really well yep. press well kind of play good football and actually enjoyable football and you, you get beat just or you get a draw you go right that's good right we can we can take that I can take a defeat against anybody for Celtic I can't take that performance no. I can't yeah. accept that I can't accept the biggest season in our history and we're playing like we don't care no you're absolutely right now we're looking at some of the, the comments coming in via YouTube Ian McGinley early days all is not lost let's not panic I think the difficulty is Ian Although there's no panic, these are concerning times for Celtic fans because, you know, when a result and a performance like that happens, I try my best not to get engulfed in social media, especially on a Saturday night. But obviously there is a responsibility if you've just put out a broadcast or a podcast to then engage with anybody who's getting involved. And there was a lot of panic and knee-jerk and everything else. We've had a couple of days now to think about it. Um, and I'm still concerned and that, I think that's a big thing we can't rest on our laurels we can't say keep the faith all the time and everything's going mm-hmm. to be alright it actually gets to the point where people are starting to look at uh, Lenin potentially and this is the next comment coming in from Murney 10 looks like Lenin has lost the dressing room we're talking about football cliches we hear that one all the time Tony you know it's oh he's lost the dressing room when you're looking at the way that we played uh, but also you know the passive nature of a lot of the players. Um, I'm not going to say for a minute they don't care or this team wanted it more or any, anything like that. I don't know the psyche of the Celtic squad. They're all professionals. Um, we don't have a mole. I can't tell you who's unhappy. <laughs> but um, that is a question I've seen raised a lot. So I'll pitch it to you guys. Do you think he has lost the dressing room? If he has, how? How's he managed to lose the dressing room after last season? I, I, I don't... I find that mystifying how he's went for all these players on song battering teams left, right and centre in Scotland, looking like a, a quadruple treble. How's he managed to lose the dressing room? I don't know if that's it. I, 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 I don't know is the answer. I, I really, I can't get my head on it at all how you go for... I remember one of the guys, Danny, in my podcast said, if we win 9 or we win 10. And it doesn't look that way. I just, I, I can't make any sense yet. Just to pick up the other guy, don't panic. When do we panic? When we're 10 points behind? Do we wait until Rangers win the league and go, maybe we should panic now? Be too late. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. 10 are all be gone. The only way you'll get it back is another 10 years. So I don't, I, I don't buy that. Don't, don't, let's not panic. We should be panicking. After that performance, I'm panicking. The big thing about the 10, uh, as you say, in another 10 years, I actually don't think we'll ever be in this situation ever again because the game's changing so much and it's going to be um, changed even quicker due to the pandemic yep. and, and the after effects of that. We might not see that during uh, everything during the pandemic. The after effects of that are going to be um, brutal in terms of any business, never mind football uh, and Scottish football in particular because you know not only are we going to have clubs that are struggling, we're going to have a lot of people who support the clubs that are going to be struggling and 
you know, we don't know what the landscape of Scottish football is going to be. We don't even know what the top league of Scottish football is going to look like next season. And, you know, in 10 years' time, it wouldn't surprise me if Celtic weren't playing in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to be playing in the English league. I think that's a distant memory. Mm-hmm. That, one. that disappeared over the horizon some time ago. But I don't think Celtic are going to uh, be playing in the Scottish league. So 10 in a row, this is it. This is it. There's no second chance. <laughs> this isn't a rehearsal. This is the only time they're going to be sitting in this situation. Just to touch on that as well, I mean, what we also don't know with the pandemic is how many games they're going to be this season. Yep. This league could That's get a cut short. Point. We cannot sit and, I mean, if the time's not to panic now, what if it turns out it's only a 25-game season or something like that? Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know, a third of it chopped off straight away where you've got the time to try and get the, claw the points back. Yep. It's, you know, as you say, it's completely uncertain times right now. And this is the one shot at it. And it might not be a 38-game shot that we've got. Mm-hmm. It might be a 25-game shot. It might be a 20. I'm speculating completely, obviously, on how many games. But my concern would be if that league gets cut short, but we're not worried because there's still, you know, you know, there's still 10 games to go, something like that. I mean, there might not be. And so four points behind, we need to take it seriously right from the world go. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a great point that the league could get called short, and we can't complain because we won the. If they're thirteen points yep. clear, and we've got this game in hand. You can't go. Oh wait a minute! You just because that you wouldn't, you wouldn't get anybody. We just go. No, that's it. And I think I think a lot of fans. Do you realise it is a real possibility? I know people probably say. I mean, I hope come December we are. Six, seven points clear, and people are going, Look at you, you talk a lot of shit. And I hold my hands up and go, Look, <laughs> I'm a complete idiot. I don't know why you bothered listening to me. Slag me all you want. I don't care. I was delighted when Lennon proved us wrong last season. Delighted. We talked him up in the pod, gave him all the credit to the world, and now it's switched. I mean, I've always said under Rogers, we had a fit on their neck, and we were pressing down, mm-hmm. and we weren't letting go. We've now taken the fit right off, and you're, you're coming up to a point where it's either we shoot off, get 10 in a row into the sunset. Are they get back in a level playing field? Mm-hmm. And whether you think they're a new club or no, or all this stuff, I'm not, that, that's off for debate. But they'll be in a level playing field. There's no, if Rangers get into the Champions League next year because they won the league, what, what are they going to say next? Or Castori? Castori's built a name rang in the back of a tab. Look at them. I mean, come on. I think I think people need to realise this is, is a real challenge. I still don't think they're an outstanding team. I think they've done very well in Europe. I mean, Galatasaray are their mugs Willem Shway who they beat 4-0 if we'd done that in Europe we'd be delighted uh, yep. we'd be so pleased with that mm-hmm. so I think I think we can, we've still got the players to win this league no two ways about it we've still got a manager who knows how to win a league yep. but they need to wake up quickly they need to I think they need a meeting I hope they've had a meeting but they've kind of got everything out there and say, look, see if you know, this is what we're going to do. We need to kick on, start with Milan, might not win the game, put in a performance, up to Petodi, great game for a performance, go up there, beat them, a usual kind of top three, top four side, and kick on. Just don't give it angry, just probably can drop points somewhere else, and they've done it this season already. They're playing a team they've already dropped points against. Don't give it angry, it's at Ibrooks as opposed to Lovey's Pitt. So I think we've, Hudson Edward, I think, I said if we kept him, we'd win 10 in a row. No, that's version of him because I know he's been garbage. But once you get these guys back fit and firing, and kind of, if he, he needs to figure it out very quickly. And if he does, we'll be okay. Celtic will be okay if we sort this quickly. But I don't know where this lost addressment comes from. I mean, he had a good transfer market as well. Mm. These are new players in the club that only know uh, Lenny as manager. You know, mm. and it's like I don't understand how having worked with them for such a short period of time, he could possibly have somehow done something to lose them. That really does worry me. It concerns me. I mean, the talk was all about Ryan Christie and that as well, wasn't it? About how he was pushing for a move. Yep. 
Uh, and again, speculation, you try not to feed into it because particularly before a Rangers game, you know that there's plenty in the mainstream media who are creating stories just Sorry. to try and, and have that uh, that issue created before the ball's kicked. But the the, the argument I always came back with 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 Christy, even if he's not happy, you look at what he's doing in terms of a creative force in that Celtic yeah. team. I know he loses the ball a lot. I know he sometimes goes for the box office shot for 30 yeah. yards or cross, but he creates. And the, the reason he creates is because he takes the risks. He takes the risks to try to play a defence splitting pass. Yep. I see none of that on Saturday. Well, who, who, was our, who was our creative force that you'd be looking for as an outlet? was Frimpong. Frimpong, to me, looked like he was told not to not to be bombing forward as much. Look, like, he, he, I've never seen him not take on a player every game he's played. I know. And I an thought Barisic was an open goal yep. to take on. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, really this happened in December as well with Frimpong, didn't he go? I mean, it was, somebody put on Twitter, I thought it was a good point. James Forrest turned out that performance, he'd be, be gone ballistic. <laughs> and I would have been, I've been saying for ages, drop Forrest for Frimpong as a right wing back. And I think it's been justified. I think he's been one of our better players this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. They did he beat a man, and he barisic it's for pace he probably has been players in the, the league for pace so why why that didn't happen I don't know um, I don't know if he maybe just got a bit of stage fright if it maybe the occasion got to him he's a young guy he is young we, yeah. we did say in the pod you don't want to throw him under the bus too much because I think he's a very very good player and he, he seems a really good lad and I think he'll bounce back for it but Lennon's no learning mm. that's three games in the space of ten months against him where Gerrard's turned out and out, out fought him out tacticked him and obviously the cup final we get lucky the other two games he's won at Parky quite comfortably and it's the first time since 1997 they've beat his back to back at Celtic Park Walter Smith was the last to do it I was one years old I know I look rough people have probably got I so you fucking up but um, <laughs> I was only one the last time that happened I mean I, don't, I, I just find it it's crazy we went for the dunes I mean they used to be how many is out we get the day three mm-hmm. at half time mm-hmm. and then you, it was anything you wanted five, five now and up at f- after 54 minutes yep. 50, 54 yeah. minutes you're 5 now up you're going this is it we're going to get the record score against them mm-hmm. full time muscle goes you go oh, it was great but could have been there but I had a chance should have been August. at least 7 I've yeah. the chance for 6 and you go oh, well at least we get to play them yep. again we've scored 2 goals into them once I think since Lennon's come back mm-hmm. this oh, is it's, a- it's been tight <clears throat> it's been very tight you made a point actually before we came on if we go back to March and we've got our tickets for Ibrox going into that game Confidence, confidence was high. Do we have a better group of players than we did back then? Yeah, you know, after that transfer window. Absolutely, because we didn't lose anyone. But then, do we have a better team? That that's mm. the, that's the point you're making, Tony. That that's a concern for me. And we're a couple of months into the season. It's not as though they've not had time to gel. Mm-hmm. But I think as well. See, when like you're talking about Christie, and I couldn't agree more. I like the fact he shoots on sight at times because at least it creates an urgency with the team. Mm-hmm. He's always forward thinking. He's always playing on the half turn. See, when he's out of the team, you then need to replace that. You need to replace that creative force, or you need to either get someone in a different position, i.e., Frimpong, to be your creative force and tell him, I want you ball- I want you running at him all day because he can't tackle, he can't defend. Put him under the cosh all day, and that's our outlet instead of it being Christie in the middle because he's not playing. Or you look at your personnel who aren't in the starting lineup, and you think the one name, name you think of who'll put in a shot from anywhere is Lee Griffiths, that he can he just cannot get fit, apparently. You know, this. I just don't get it, and I, I know I've, I've went on about it already, but for me, you need that. You need to replace... If Christie's not in the team, you need someone who's going to be having pings at goal, putting the goalkeeper under pressure. Definitely, and the thing with Christie as well, you take, out, you take Christie out, who takes your corners? Well, Griffiths would also do that. Yeah, that's a good Does shout. Does he start against AC Milan? 
I, I, I think he's, I, I would definitely start him against AC yeah. Milan. I thought his performance as well showed that real hunger, that desire that was missing from a lot of the other players and they could all learn a bit from him. I think it's time he gets rewarded with a start, I really do. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now, Tony, but have a think about your lineup for Thursday because it's an interesting game at the best of times, but then after Saturday and you're looking at different things such as Welsh goes in, thought he did well. Uh, there was certainly three interceptions that he won in the box mm-hmm. that were very, very good def- and important defensive um, interceptions. You take him out against Thursday, what does that do for him and his confidence? Yep. So there's loads of things to, to think about. I'll run through some of the comments coming in Well, you have a think about it. Gary Doonan, welcome back. And you're commenting on YouTube. Eddie Howe, Jesus, a man who has won four trophies in 14 months and heading for another treble. Points total in league is exactly the same as it was at this stage last season. On that point that Gary makes, I've written here and we've already spoke about it, has Lenny lost the dressing room? Has he lost the fan base? What do you think the split is? I don't think he ever really had it. I don't think a lot of people wanted him to get the job when he got it. And I think people have always been sceptical since. I mean, I take the, the point, Eddie Howe, wow. This is a guy that people say he's sacked by Bournemouth. Your manager's been sacked by Hibs and Bolton. So... And, and again, oh, it's the same points tally as last year. That, that means nothing because Raiders are four points ahead. The performances haven't been as good as last year. Last year, I thought up until Christmas, I didn't panic as much because I thought we were churning out good performances and players were playing well. Yeah. But and I take the point he's won the trophies and that. But what I'm saying is, if he keeps this up, he's not going to win the trophies. I don't. I don't see how people kind of see that at the minute. I think. I think he's losing the fan base. I think if you you take to social media, which can be a bit of an echo chamber, depending who you kind of follow on your accounts. Um, I think most people think it's, it's time for a change. I, I certainly do. I, I say that I would get Eddie Howe in. I think he he would be good to take his forward after this season. I think. I think that's a big thing as well. After this season, mm-hmm. I've said before, we need to decide what we are as a club. Do we just want to beat Rangers forever yeah. and sometimes get into Europe and get beat off Copenhagen and Cluj and Malmo and Molde, or do we want to get back to the annual era where we're going into Europe and going, let's have a crack at this? Because at Europa League last year, I know I'm kind of going back. Lennon didn't learn for Cluj and it happened again with Copenhagen. That mm-hmm. tournament was there to be got at. That yeah. tournament was there to arguably be won, I think, that Europa League. And I thought we made an ass of it. That, that's what I'm saying with the fact he doesn't learn. Then again, so the three Rangers games he's not learned, the three European qualifiers, Clues, Copenhagen, Ferenvaros, we're not learning. We're, make, we're playing silly things. McGregor at left back against Clues. Mm. Then we had Christie up front against Ferenvaros, two strikers, 45 minutes each, I said. Mm. Either my bad. <laughs> so Simple. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I'm lo- losing faith at an alarming rate, and people say, "Keep the faith." That's just that. No, but that reminds me. I say, "Kind of, we are the people that the hundreds to hit out." But see, when things are going, don't worry, we are the people. And for nine years, they get nowhere. See, see the day we start doing that and buying into rubbish like that, mm-hmm. we've had it. But I think we need to be realistic. I think that's one thing we must be is realistic and just say, "This isn't good enough." Either change it or change the manager. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I have ran the race. I have kept the faith. You know, you've got to run the race, and I've not run it yet. Yep. Only at the very, very beginning. Um, that's me just quoting the Bible, didn't worry about it? <laughs> Gary Doonan, 96-97 season was the last time we lost two home league games in a row to them. So that's interesting because what age were you then? That's what, I, that's what I said, 97 won. I was <laughs> one years old. Now that, that's just making me feel even older than I am. But um, going back to the following season, after the one that Gary quotes, 97-98, the Vim Janssen season, yes. there was a moment in there, if I'm looking for any kind of positive, there was a moment in that season where it was turned around and having spoken to a couple of the, the players in that side, it was when there was a training ground bust up between Tosh McKinley and Henrik Larson 
which resulted in McKinley headbutting Larson and breaking his nose. Um, but it brought the squad together. Yep. And I think there needs to be a togetherness. Why isn't there a togetherness? Do you think when that happens that there's maybe just a there's a clique uh, of players who are creating an issue? You then start wondering: Is it Lennon that they're they're not respecting, or like you say, the ball and goal issue coming back, Griffiths coming mm-hmm. back unfit? Is there a respect issue there? Um, so maybe this result, maybe not as bad as a, a Larson broken nose. I mean. I don't think McKinley ever got over that. You know, his Celtic career was virtually finished when he decided to head but Henrik. But is this the moment, like you say, where it's just like, you know, all that nonsense about slagging off Castori and that, that means nothing. What no. we need to do is concentrate on what we've got here. We've got the players to do it. Is this the moment? Is this the, you know, the, the time where we actually kick on? It needs to be. Because what if, what if we go up to Pataudry and don't win and Rangers win and you just see them getting further and further away? I mean, that's supporting what it built in. In all the, the nine years of treble trebles and laughing at Rangers and face painters and all that, what will that mean if at the end of the season Rangers lift the league? Are people going to go, oh, it's just our first league? And people come up with excuses. Oh, it's, uh, it's our first ever league, who cares? We'll be back, keep the faith. I mean, I think I think it's, it is. It's time to really wake up. I think the players as well, they, they really need to get a grip of themselves. These guys are winners. Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, you could get through a lot of the team yeah. and go, come on, use your leaders. I th- as I say, I hope they've, they've had a good discussion. As you were talking about that nine, uh, the stop the 10 season, we spoke to a few guys for that and they say, is William Janssen, get everybody in and ask them individually, how do you want to do things? And they all gave a piece and William Janssen says, don't care, we're going to do it. My way, this is how we're going to do it and what happened, we won the league. Mm-hmm. So I think, but when he gets set, start 11 as well. He keeps chopping and changing it. He's, he doesn't know his best 11, doesn't know his best formation. It's, I think he's, he's got a big week. And I hope he gets it right. I, I mean, I hope that I'm back in the show at the end of the season and all your viewers are coming in going, you're a Hoffa. And I'll go, I'm a big Hoffa. Bring it on. But I've yeah. been drunk for three weeks because we've won 10 in a row. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. But just to, to, I think if you're being realistic, the signs are the new is that the manager isn't getting the best out of the players. The players look a bit lost. Mm-hmm. Loads of passes just going right out the field, and there's nothing worse than that. See when you're trying to get urgency, that ball just goes right out. It just fucking it's devastating to watch. Um, I mean, he's sat, you were talking about he's, he's sat in the dugout, sticking snus up his gub. I mean, come on, just and there's this thing. I mean, it used to be full of energy. I don't know if it's just guy only panting when he's kind of sat like that. I don't know if that's know. deliberate, mm. but I would expect him shouting and bawling. Um, He's great asset, isn't it? He's well, great trait. He's motivating. Mm-hmm. So what he's known for. I mean, you, you can remember he used to be jumping up and down. He was almost re- reminiscent of Martin O'Neill the way he used to bounce, jumping up and down if we scored. Everything's just seems low key and like like you go back to it. This is definitely ten in a row, isn't it? Like we're going for here. I, know. I, I think, and if anyone would get it, it'd be Neil Lennon who gets it. Do you know what I mean? And yet, when you're lo- looking at him, you're looking at. I don't know, a, a diluted version of what I expected to see from him this season. I really do I mean that. Eh? And uh, I mean, I don't know where he goes from there in terms of if the, if the formation has to change against Milan. I, I don't know. I just think the players will need a boot up the arse, and that has to come from him. Not John Kennedy, not anyone else. Mm. Come from Lennon. Take the ball back. You know what I mean? Do what Vim Janssen said. If you're saying we're doing it my way, I'd love to see Lennon doing mm. that and saying, put the clipboard away, Kennedy. It's going to be my way now. This is how we're doing it. Show that leadership. Give the players a di- sense of direction and positivity. I think he's feeling the pressure as well. He must be. I think yeah. we're all feeling it. And I think, 
you need a calm head, and I don't know if he is the calm, calming influence. I, 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 no doubt behind the scenes he's probably going to have his seat, but he's just very, kind of... He's, okay, not, yeah. uh, he's just very just sitting there, doesn't look that bothered. I think he will be feeling the pressure, and I can understand that, but he needs to deal with it. Would you, would you rather see him at the side... Head in hands or shouting and bawling and showing frustration. Or do you think he's almost because that's in his nature to be like that, right? Do you think he's maybe sitting there playing up, trying to show that he is calm and composed? Oh, and he's not panicking. Right, so I think As I would. A fan, r- I, I want to see it go, goes back to that picture, a young Welsh. And by the way, I wasn't being disrespectful when I said there's no way he's playing on Friday night. I honestly thought he was a million miles away from yeah. playing. But there's a shot, and I thought he played well, and I said that. For me, he was my best player. And you give that to young guys coming in as well. You give them a bit extra, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a picture of him sitting in the stand with his head in his hands because it means something to him. And that's what you want as a football fan. You've already mentioned, Tony, about the investment. Uh, obviously, there's emotional investment, but the financial investment of fans in this game. And then you see somebody reacting like that. That actually means something to yep. him. Uh, and we all know this means everything to Neil Lennon. But, yeah, I would love to see... A wee bit more passion, a wee bit of the thunder that he spoke about first. Yes, round. that's a great want, way of putting it. You want to see that in Neil Lennon because that is why we love him because mm-hmm. it means as much to him as it does to us. Yeah. Um, but again, going back to your point on Twitter with the tip for tap with agents and a lot of his pals in the media and stuff like that, we're the Celtic supporters and we can, we can actually see what's going on as well. And we have a voice mm-hmm. and we have an opinion and we've got to hear that. We're entitled to hear it. Of course. I you thought know. that was so. See, when I seen his agent was on Twitter, kind of having a go at fans, I thought this is this is just terrible. This is. I mean, people hate Brendan Rodgers now, and they have their reasoning, and obviously that. But see, when he was in charge, we were a professional, very very well run club, and he wasn't the on the touchline jumping up and doing and shouting and balling. But you seen he was directing players. Oh yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He was always on his notepad. He was always directing mm-hmm. players, and he got results. And we were very professional. He changed the club, and lo and behold, we pushed every team in Scotland for the two and a half years he was there I think um, Lennon I think he is definitely trying to look more reserved but at least beyond shouting tactics does he do tactics who does his tactics what is what is the tactics is probably the better question so I think I don't know I, I, I still I still kind of believe him having this conversation during the 10 in a row season and I, as well I think with Rodgers as well you would never ever have to put in the quote about four trophies he's won the last 14 years because the one thing about Rodgers, I know I agree with you, you know, everything he done and all that, you know, you can't speak highly of him and stuff these days, but the fact was the only trophy that ever mattered to him was the next one when he was in charge. He, there was never any of this, oh, he's won three in the last 12 months, so even if we don't, you know, we'll, we'll probably come good. You knew you were going to come good because that's all he cares about was that. I know about that, him on the sidelines. There's a moment when Simunovic gets sent off. Rodgers is keen on that, and he knows Graham exactly just what like that. to do. Aye? He knows exactly what to do, mm-hmm. and we mocked Murray because he didn't have a clue what to do. Mm. Rodgers did know that, you know, love him or loathe him, he had that plan in place. He even had his plan for a departure in place, you know, for Celtic mm-hmm. Park. But he had that next move completely worked out, and that's what concerns me a wee bit when I look at. And I'm not a body language expert. No, no, no. I'm a football fan. I'm looking at my manager for a bit of inspiration, and I'm sure the players are as well. And I'll tell you this as well: Lennon's been given the tools this summer mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, I can't think of a time we've not sold a key player and spent what was it upwards of fifteen million, roughly. Who's the only player we, we didn't get that we thought we might have got was Forster, and we know how big yep. a difference he made to right. even the League Cup final. Yeah, but we've, we've spent four and a half on uh, Barkas. Uh, again, I've seen a lot, in fact, I heard quite a bit of criticism about Barkas 
on Saturday. Do you think that that was something that was deserved? No, really. I mean, see when that goal went in for Golden, I didn't write away got a clanger by the goalie. Their centre half gets a free header in their six yard box. Right away, I'm going, what kind of defending is that? I think you should save it. But I think people just when these you lose these games, everybody gets it. People come out swinging, but people just seem to have went for him. I seen comments went for them in the media. I thought that was really unjustified. I thought against Fenn and Varos, he should have saved the second goal. Bill mm-hmm. Hammond makes an asset. The team yep. didn't perform, so I, 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 I don't think I wouldn't be pl- pinning the the game on him. It wasn't his fault. I, I think when you see the first goal in real time as well. It doesn't look anywhere near. Man's tells the exact same as you. When I watched the goal go in live. I thought he was marking him. I never thought the goalie had a clanger. Then you watch all these different angles of really slowed down replays, and it looks it just starts looking worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Watch it in real time, and that is not what your instinct would say. That was the goalkeeper's fault. And I certainly don't think it was the reason why we lost on Saturday either. <laughs> I've been bigging him up. I, li- I like the fact that uh, God, we've spoken about Rogers a fair bit on this podcast. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of people. He's a bit of Rogers goalie. He likes oh, the ball at his feet. He comes out. He, he likes to start the play from the back. Right. You know, and I, I like that about him. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, Foster, a great shot stopper, but he was slow, he was very slow to get the ball out, he never came for crosses, I used to drive people mental. I think the reason, people are probably frustrated that we're going back to Rodgers, Rodgers was our last manager, and he was a brilliant Celtic manager, he's probably arguably one of our best ever managers, people may not like that, and people as well saying, that guy saying four trophies in the last 14 months, I mean, we were eight points clear, would John Kennedy have won that league? If he just said, look guys, we'll keep playing what Rodgers was doing, possibly. Yeah. Would he have won the semi-final against Aberdeen and then Hearts? I would like to think so. So I think people, don't get me wrong, this last season was great, but I think to, to give him all the credit for the eight in a row trophies, I think is has been a wee bit silly. If he'd have come in, maybe if Rodgers would have left a couple of weeks earlier, would we be sitting talking about ten in a row? Because that was garbage as well when he came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple of more points before we get on to your AC Milan lineup. Tony, uh, Chick Cameron, welcome to the show from Facebook, Chick. If you play two up front, you need service into the box from the wings. We never got that on Saturday. That's a good point. The reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, Klamala. Klamala started the game. Um, I had said beforehand, probably the fittest of the four, probably the guy with the match fitness um, of the four, but I didn't think he would have started. Um, It was difficult to attribute any blame on him because he didn't get the service, and he didn't get the service. You've seen a few times he was frustrated, he was trying to come back in to, to get involved. Mm-hmm. But the biggest issue for me was if you're playing one up front like Klamala, you want him to be running the, the at least the centre-halfs ragged. And he didn't get the opportunity to do that because the service wasn't there. No, too many sideways passes as well on Saturday. I felt that there was, I think there was at one point, was it say, the, the, the three highest passing totals and it was our three centre-backs? Yes. Yep. That is, that, I mean, that, that that tells you everything you need to know about what service Kamala was getting. Well, I've seen a start for the Riga game that Shane Duffy and Ayer had more passes together than the full Riga team. I mean, that's, that's boring football. That's not Celtic. That's not the Celtic way. I mean, the, I, see if you'd have told me before the game the three players that would touch the ball mess would be a certain half. I wouldn't be surprised because that's what it's been all season. Mm-hmm. Sideways back is so boring to watch. It's garbage football. I think I think one of the big keys to our success is if we can get Callum McGregor into a more attacking position. Yeah. He's playing 20 yards behind where he should be. He's a goal-scoring midfielder. Yeah. He's got a great left foot, a great right foot. He took Tavernier on in the first five minutes and left him for dead. Carries the ball so well, can take it and go. 
we've got them kind of playing this kind of just kick about the centre of the pitch pass a few balls make a few tackles push them up the pitch people have said for ages should it be Cham Christy Roggett behind the striker put McGregor in there put him around that area great passer can shoot a ball look, excellent finisher excellent finisher mm-hmm. I think he could really be the key see like, I don't think Lennon's got much of a tune at him no. Rogers gets some tune at him see if he can get him playing his best we're a different animal altogether Lennon never played McGregor first time round you know, it was Lennon that put him out to Notts County never played him a single game Dyla gives him his debut at the age of 21 so he was there to be played first time round and he wasn't played and as you see, he's not really been utilised second time round. AC Milan Thursday night, Tony. Give me your predicted 11. And the reason I'm saying this, it's a very interesting time to be picking the Celtic team for the next game. After what's happened, some of the players will be back. Some of the COVID casualties will be back in. How do you line up on Thursday night? I'd heard it was just kind of Christie that'll be back. Um, for what I've kind of read, but I don't know if that's true. I would go for Barkas. I think I would go with, I think we'll probably go with the three five two again. I think it'll be Welsh, Ayer, Duffy, Frimpong, Laxal, Brown, McGregor. I think Christie will come in for Cham. Mm-hmm. Um, my two up front, I would go for a Jetty and Griffiths. Um is not a striker. We love playing people at a position. No need for it. We've got we've got strikers. I would go for that. I would have Christie behind a Jetty and Griffiths. Um maybe even if if it's no Christie that's no fat enough to come in, he Turnbull a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um But I think I think that's how the start and eleven will go. Um you want a score prediction? I'd love one. Uh, I'd love a positive one but who knows I did predict 2-0 in our podcast that we would get beat everybody else went for a draw and then once we stopped recording they gave the real prediction <laughs> um, okay, why not I'll go for a more positive prediction in your podcast 2-1 Celtic 2-1 Celtic Scott like McDonald to score the winner <laughs> he that he get taken off injured <laughs> what about yourself I mean it's an interesting lineup because as I say we're Welsh coming in and I thought he'd done well under the circumstances yep um, if you were to drop him now, that you know how damaging. But again, you couldn't just uh, keep. You know, it's not just about keeping him happy. You've got to pick the right team for the Milan game. So there's so much to consider. Mm-hmm. Edward, what's the situation with Eddie coming back? I don't think he's he's going to be back for it. I think Lennon said that. Him and Ju- if Julian was fit, I'd say him. But I think he said Edward and Julian would not make it. Right. I think he'd said as well that um, Edward was never going to play on Saturday. He just didn't want to say it publicly. Mm-hmm. I'd heard that as well. So. Edward's obviously a big big player once he's back. Hopefully that'll be for Sunday up at Petodre. But um, no, I, I don't think he'll, he'll feature at all. I think Griffiths has shown enough in his two sub-appearances to warrant a start. Mm-hmm. I really do. I get it. Again, it's, it's potluck whether he's going to be fit enough or not. As I say, he, he seems to take one step forward, two steps back in this, you know, remarkable sort of strive to get match fit. It's It's really weird. I mean, five goals and seven he's got as well, mm-hmm. and yet he's never been fit. I know. I, know. I can see us playing with Taylor. I can see Taylor coming back in. Okay. And I know he's been the much maligned Taylor, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he will come back in, so I change his shape. And I think we might play with uh, a right back. Who that right back is going to be, I wouldn't like to say. But I think we will play a far safer game on Thursday night because Lenny yeah. knows a bad result. And the wheels are coming off big time. Yeah, like you said as well. I mean, even if it's if even if we get beat, but we put in a decent performance, we don't get tonked. I mean, that would make that would make all the difference definitely. Um, it shows you the difference. I mean, going into this game, even if we had a zero zero against Rangers, we'd, we'd be quite you know happy and confident going. Oh, you've predicted all sorts of wins. I think yeah. that's what could happen. You're, you're only one game away from a crisis, but we're two and a half months into shape performances, mm-hmm. one after the other. So. 
I think, as I say earlier on, it's what a great opportunity for the team to really come together now and put, I mean, we've got, what a run of fixtures, Milan, mm-hmm. Aberdeen away, Lille away, I think we've got Motherwell and Hibs away, Sparta, Prague. I mean, if you could win all the games, the fans are going to be right back behind you, we'll have put this behind us. But we need to do it. I mean, we, we have got the players to do it. I just, I would like to see, I'd like to see a bit of football get played. See, see, to be totally honest, I'd like to see one, twos, quick passing, bit of movement, boss in behind, trying different things. I don't want to see Shane Duffy get the boss done for 10 minutes and then put it out of play. I don't want to see that. I want, I want Callum McGregor to come, take the ball off the centre-halves and go away. Ayer can play out for the back. Big Duffy can. He can defend, but he can't play out for the back. Yeah. Get the likes of your McGregor's get the ball, get gone at teams, play with a bit of pace. A bit more urgency, and I would like to see him take a few more risks. I think like you're talking about Callum McGregor, I think you're absolutely right, I think he's been, he's been quite passive, you know, he's just, he's just doing, doing what's needed, but he looks like he's obviously an instruction, and maybe it does come down to the position he's playing. Put him further forward, we need more risk takers on the pitch, and again, I keep, I keep buying on about Griffiths, but someone's going to have a pop at goal, and hopefully, Christie will go straight back in on Thursday, I think that's a guaranteed, Certainty that he will, but he's someone who can come up with something out of nothing and just take a chance. Don't be afraid of getting, you know, getting bollocked at from the side for for having a loose shot or trying to thread a ball through that you wouldn't have. Actually, try it. Must get a shot on target. Eh? Yeah. That's the other thing, and up that's embarrassing. Not one shot on target. Oh, First game in eleven years when you've got players like LNSA, Cham, Griffiths coming on. Not one shot on target. And his finish did show that that's he's in the wrong position. He's not a forward by any means, man. I mean, that finish I think came he's off. A, he's a left winger. He came off his shin. You know, it wasn't an instinctive finish though. Seeing that position, that was not. That is not what a striker's instinct would have told them to do. Try and lob that on the volley. No way. Prediction from you, Russell. Thursday night. One one. Nice. I'm going to stay positive, man. One one. I think. I think we can get one each. Well, listen. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to the two new faces, and hopefully you'll come back in and do it again on a Celtic state of mind loads and loads of comments coming through it's been a busy show as you can understand and you would appreciate because everybody wants to vent everybody has an opinion and that's what the platform is all about so thank you to everybody who's got involved on a Celtic state of mind we'll be back in again tomorrow at 12.30 and we've got a special guest later on in the afternoon so we'll have a couple of bulletins Uh, all that's left for me to say uh, to Tony and to Russell is thanks for joining me on a Celtic state of mind Thanks very much. Cheers. Keep the faith. audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.